welcome to another Dumpster Talk episode. Uh, we're here joined with uh, Dan, who is the CFO of uh, Lancaster County Solid Waste Authority and um, Lancaster County Solid Waste Management Authority. And then Amanda, uh, who is the um, uh, uh, HR um, director, right? HR director, manager, manager of Lixwama as well. So, yeah, thanks you guys for joining us in the dumpster today. We're, we're happy to have you guys. We had uh, some other people from Lixwama as well join us. Um, Kelly, Karen, and Michelle the other, the other uh, week. So, yeah, they were awesome as well to, uh, in the dumpster. And... Yeah, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. thank you guys. Glad to be here. Thank you guys. Um, so yeah, do you guys just kind of want to give um, some background about kind of who you guys are and kind of what you uh, do on your day to day at, at Lixwama? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. I'll kick it off. Uh, so I oversee HR. There are two of us in our department, 108 or so employees. So everything we do every uh, throughout the day is different every day, wow. but uh, just. I do a lot of policy writing and talking with our managers about performance development and different things like that. Um, I nice. think that HR is my passion. It gives me a, a way to live out what I think is my purpose in life, and I love doing it at an, at an organization that has passion for community. Mm. Uh, so I, I just love going to work every day. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Dan Youngs, I serve as a CFO um, for Lixwama, but... Uh, I'd like to say probably wear a lot of different hats. Uh, my direct oversight is finance, IT, HR, and risk management. Uh, but I mean, we all, all kind of chip in and serve where we need to serve. So title's one thing, but we all kind of pitch in and do what we need to do to make the business run. Nice, awesome. nice. And going kind of going back in uh, your history, did you always think that you would kind of end up in these roles that you are now, or like? Like, has your career kind of had a lot of, like, different types of things you guys done? My career has. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to get into hotel and restaurant management, um, and nice. but really wanted to focus on people serving others. Uh, and in college, had an interest in my human resources classes. Okay. Uh, but really wanted to pursue a, a career in events and all of that space. Wasn't planning on getting married right after college, um, but uh, so you're pretty young, pretty young to get married. Yeah, yeah. He changed my mind on marriage entirely, so I give, <laughs> I give my husband credit for that. But um, I did a catering and events planning the first year of our marriage and was never home, and decided it was more important to me to be home. So I leaned on that uh, interest that I found in human resources in college and got into a company uh, at an entry level role and did my thing to work up in HR and nice. eventually left that organization and Luxwama kind of fell upon me and I'm so glad it did. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And how long you said you have you been there now? So uh, just hit four years. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Nice. And Dan, kind of your your career? Yeah, so it's um, both my parents are accountants, okay. my sisters are accountants, so I don't know anything else in the world other than yeah. finance. But I've always had a passion to be hands-on and, and, and not sitting behind a desk. So um, I went down the path, got my schooling in, in finance and uh, business management, but has al I've always been doing something on the side, fabricating, welding, and all that fun stuff. And my whole career, uh, starting mechanical contracting, uh, then to a feed mill, and now at Lexwama, all of the spaces that I've been working in have been 
kind of the blue collar industrious environments. So okay. it's been a great way to pair both, you know, the finance side, the, you know, maybe the white collar side with the mm-hmm. blue collar environment, and it's where I thrive and I, I love to be in. So nice. Yeah. And I I know our boss Dan said that you're a business uh, have a lot of businesses that you started and then also sold some too as well. Um, did you always have that kind of entrepreneurial like mindset back when you were in college and stuff too? Or yeah. How did yeah. how did that how did that kind of all it's, start? It started early on. Um, wanted to earn a little extra money, mm-hmm. uh, so my parents, being accountants, they were like, "Hey, you gotta learn the value of hard-earned money," and they they didn't pay a dime for anything I I had, and so. 14, myself and a buddy, we started mowing lawns and doing a little bit like that. And then I just kind of kicked off the entrepreneurial spirit nice. in college. Um, went in with another friend of mine and we started a fabrication and powder coating shop uh, up in Lebanon. Um, grew that business, sold that business. Um, I've also been a musician. So, oh, cool. Yeah, so played, played a lot of bands. Um, and started the business doing sound production, lighting production, installs. Uh, worked with Sight and Sound Theater and several other uh, more namely uh, recognizable entities. But yeah, uh, just started different things to find solutions, and that was pretty nice. much it. Heard, you know, in the sound business, hey, we're just not getting good service. Oh, well, we can do the service part, and we know a little bit about sound, so mm-hmm. took that and tried to solve a problem. Is it? Would you say it's like hard for you, like? hard for you to focus on a lot of different things at once or, or is it like like when you're doing different things like music and then like starting your business like is it better for you to like focus on one thing uh, like at once and like just work on that and then start the next thing or mm-hmm. do you like do a lot of different like tr- doing a lot of different things at the same time so we- I can answer yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> oh, <here's the laughs> jump in Amanda sure. <laughs> he does do many different things at the same time but yeah. he has uh, his brain's like constantly going Okay. So those of us who report to him, uh, he can like walk into your office and be like, hey, I had this idea. And then also like just leave it at the end of that. Tell you what his idea was. Mm-hmm. And then he's on moving to something else. <laughs> wow. Um, which is fun. Every day is new. You never yeah. know what he's going to come up with. Um, but I'll let you actually answer the question for real. <laughs> no, that's, that's really good. And I, I, it's not, I don't like multitasking because I don't mm. think that is an efficient way to go. Okay. Um, Maybe more compartmentalization. Oh, geez, terrible. That's a, um, that's a hard word. I probably couldn't say it. But breaking it down into groups of effort. So, uh, like she said, you know, get down a train of thought, look at executing it. And the second part to being successful in, in pursuing many different avenues is having good teams. So True. it's not that I'm in it and I'm trying to multitask myself. It is helping shepherd the teams in those different areas. So even mm-hmm. at Luxama, having four or five different areas of oversight, it's it's because I have strong teams that I can do that. Um, sure. And the flip side of having different areas to exercise the brain and creativity is I think it complements other efforts. Mm-hmm. You expand your thought, you expand your ideas mm-hmm. because you're seeing and interacting with different people, different trying to figure out different solutions. They might say, ooh, that's a great opportunity for the other endeavor that is struggling with that area. Um, so yeah. uh, I think it can be very complimentary as long as it doesn't turn into multitasking and poor execution. Sure. Now, sure. you said you have four areas. Can you explain like what all your areas are that you, that you guys have and all you guys do? Yeah. So for, for my oversight with, with Luxwama is the finance team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, the IT team, HR, and risk management. Uh, one thing that's a bit unique for us and it's been kind of recent is we've started our own insurance company. So the risk management piece is actually pretty new for us. Um, we formed our own insurance captive for our property coverage. Uh, it covers about $850 million of assets. Um, it's domiciled, so it's located based out of Vermont. Oh. So we've, we've created a solution to a problem uh, with a unique approach that many haven't take, taken on. Uh, but again, we then hired uh, a risk manager to come on board, help you know build, start building a team base, uh, so that again, adding depth and oversight in different areas, it's not a stretch because you have teams in place. Um, I mean, certainly, look, Swama, we're touching waste, we're touching energy, logistics with our fleets, uh, maintenance shop. I mean, we have seven eight different industries, you know, you add in running an insurance company. Mm -hmm. We have uh, a combination of many industries. It's not just like, okay, we're a trucking company and how we have to worry about DOT and, you know, mm -hmm. those types of things. We, yep. we have to worry about that and energy markets and the commodity yeah. markets and, you know, relationships with the community um, being a, a quasi-government entity. So that's what makes Luxfarm, I think, really neat is you have several different circles that we can operate within and create ways that they all work together. And all while maintaining environmental yeah. compliance and all of our permits and all of those needs at the same time. Yeah. I was going to ask that, like, with all these different, like, initiatives and, like, financial initiatives you guys are doing, do you have to, like, keep in mind, like, the environmental and, like, sustainability oh, yeah. part of that? And, like, how do you, like, go about, like, looking at starting a new initiative like is is that always in the back of your mind kind of yeah, you, guys, you guys run different fuels and everything for your different trucks all that too don't you yeah. yeah track of that yeah yeah that's yeah i mean the the, the esg the sustainability piece is on forefront mm -hmm. uh yeah. even with like the captive when we're talking to markets that are in london london asia bermuda i mean they're asking hey what are you doing on the environmental piece what are you doing to steward the the, the community from a social aspect um, obviously, the governance piece comes pretty natural for us being a municipal authority. Mm -hmm. uh, we have strict regulations that we have to follow. So but, you guys, like, work with the government as well, too, kind of. Is that... Yeah, like, yes, and, yes and no. I mean, yeah. we, we are standalone. We operate as we need. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't take taxpayer money. Okay. Um, it's all fee-based. So it runs kind of like a private enterprise, but at the same time, we have compliance obligations mm. based on being a municipal authority. We can't just... You know, it's not like uh, maybe Dan calling the, calling an audible and saying, "Hey, we're going to do this." <laughs> yeah, um, we have to have support, justification, rationale behind it because we are strictly there to serve the community. None of us own the business. Uh, we all we all have to make decisions on what's best for the community, not what's best for us. So, what, what would you guys say is your your favorite job? Oh, not favorite job, but like favorite part of your job? For me, it's the people. I love getting to interact with many different, divert, like, just the history that comes with Wixwama mm -hmm. itself. Uh, then we have long-tenured employees who can tell the most amazing stories about things that they have found and things that have happened uh, through their careers, but also hearing the careers and the shifts in mindset and new and exciting things from new employees that come in, and then just people in general just every day they come in and they tell me things I'm like I don't know how we got there in that conversation but that was really cool and I learned something new um, so uh, for me it's the people 
last week. Yeah, I, w- I would echo the same. The people and the connection with the community. Um, it, it, everything you may have said about people, 100% same thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we have great staff, great talents. Uh, also, the fact that, again, seven different industries, eight different industries, you get a lot of different perspectives at the tables that, that we get to work together with. Um, but then on the flip side with the community is just the connections with different areas. Like, we're sitting here today with, with you guys. But uh, going further, we're talking with seven different industries uh, across the nation. Uh, in the insurance side, we're global uh, with our connections there. And it's just constantly keeps us thinking about new ways of looking at ourselves and how we can deliver better value. Mm-hmm. And I was just, for the people that may have not watched like our last last Dubster Talk episode and uh, just for people that are curious, how would you describe like just maybe a couple sentences of like what, what is like Swama as a whole? Like what is your main, your main like purpose and like uh, job as like Swama? So our, our, our sole mission is mm-hmm. we are a, a, a service to the community. We are focused on doing the right, the right path in managing solid waste, uh, but also looking to steward those abilities in ways that kind of push the envelope. So we could, we could easily be a, a landfill, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But our, our history uh, and where we continue to look forward is let's do more than the minimum. So we create value, we create the best opportunities for environmental excellence, uh, stewarding assets, stewarding our community. Um, it's, it's just taking, we're using solid waste as a mechanism to do good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could, you guys do it through scrap metal, other companies do it through painting or whatever the case is. Those are just creating the means to do greater good. So that's that's why I look at Luxwama. Nice, nice. And... Um, would you say, uh, like, how many people work at Luxwama? Do you know, like, 108. Total? 108? Okay, nice. We're a very lean organization. Yeah, and that's that. awesome. Lean but mighty. Oh, yes. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And long tenured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what's, like, pretty much from HR, like, what I know from HR is, like, I know from, like, the office, Toby, like, HR is, like, how do you. How do you like? Is it different? A lot different from that? And no. like, is, is is actually not? <laughs> how, and like, I don't know. Is it hard connecting with like 108 different people and stuff, and like getting to hear how they're feeling? Like, how is that? How's that all work? Like, with your job? For me, I think it's easy. Okay. Some people nice. are in HR are going to say it's really hard to connect with people. Mm-hmm. I make a point of going out on site. I put on my boots and I go out and say hi. Mm-hmm. I get to know. Like, I can tell you all 108 people. Uh, I can tell you their names, their nicknames, at least those that they are okay with me knowing. <laughs> uh, and uh, and some of them, even I know their wives and mm-hmm. their wives' names, their kids' names. It's awesome. I get to know what they do, like hobbies. Uh, the guys at the landfill we talk. I just went deep sea fishing for the first time. No way. I, the first people I told were them. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, It's for me it's easy. But mm-hmm. I'm intentional about how I do it. Uh, some people in HR, it's not easy to make those connections. But yes, Toby in the office, <laughs> I, I feel for him. Yeah. What do you yeah. think the importance is of like building those connections with the people in your work, your workplace? Yeah, it has a lot to do with building that level of respect and trust and authenticity. And I personally, I care about people. Uh, I want them to understand how their benefits work, how their compensation works. 
I want them to feel comfortable to come to me and say like, hey, I, you know, my spidey senses are tingling about this or that. Like, what do you think I should do? Is there anything I've tried X, Y, and Z? Can you help me with something? Um, it's all about, and helping people build themselves. Like, hey, I, I'm thinking about maybe doing this. Will that help build my career? Will it give me potential for something else? What do you think? Mm -hmm. uh, it just, it builds relationships. And yeah. it makes, you know, you come here to Saad and everybody's smiling, right? Like that, that is what it's about. For sure, for sure. And is it like, for the, like the workers, do they, do you guys ever like try to show them like kind of more about like what they're doing like as far as like sustainability and like how they're in, like impacting the environment and stuff like do you, do you guys try to like show them like what like what that is kind of yeah yeah we try we definitely try uh, and they all they see it too they're mm -hmm. all out at, at, at the sites they see it hands-on every day I like to share the story. We have one truck driver. If we have a meeting in the morning or whatever, he always men ends the meeting by saying, let's go make energy. So yes. they see it. They feel it. They know the purpose. Like, we all have a purpose in our roles. Cool. Wow. And this, I know, like, um, a big thing now that we're hearing a lot is, like, retaining retaining the workers and stuff. Is it Has that, like, helped... Um, like them knowing and having like a passion for what they do is that, has that helped like them stay for like the long term you think definitely yeah. uh, in stay interviews and just general conversations i've done with employees uh, and even our annual feedback survey we have a question that talks about what is luxwama for you is it just a job is it career is it long term um, and a lot of people actually comment that it's that they like working for an organization that has a purpose that they understand what the, what it is and why they do what they do. For sure, I think that's it's so important for us. I I know like um, for me, it definitely like knowing like I'm helping like with the recycling process and keeping the world like more cleaner and like places is really cool for me. Like it gives me a lot of purpose every day. So that's that's awesome. I know you guys were saying about how like you help the community and all that. And I, when we had you guys in for like Earth Day. And they were talking about the batteries. Have you seen like a drop in the batteries, like the fires? Have people have people taken a step and it started to be more? I mean, because I didn't understand it at first, and then I've seen like four dumps, dump trucks yeah. on fire. Yeah. Uh, and as risk management, <coughs> can handle that one. Sure. Yeah. I would like to say we've seen improvement, but we haven't. Um, mm. And I think what we're what we're coming up against is there's just more volume of yeah. the batteries out there, and those that have aged are getting tossed. Uh, so we're just seeing more volume of those come in. Then they get you know scraped up on the tip floor, they get smashed in a dumpster or sitting outside in the water mm -hmm. uh, from rain. Mm -hmm. They hit they hit our sites. We've we've had more fire incidents, and again, all been small, but we've seen more occurrences this year to date than last year in total. Wow. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely a concern, and so that's why our big push now is education. Yep. Um, we want people to be aware, and not only just for the safety of our staff and our assets, the buildings and whatnot, but we want to educate people at home because mm -hmm. if they're misused at home, then they're putting their own family, their own homes at risk. So we, we just want to get a blanket message out there of, hey, how to handle these, what we're learning from the markets, and how we can share that information so that people's homes are safe, their families are safe, um, and then certainly as proper ways of disposal uh, to keep our staff and our, and our property safe as well. Now, 
Is it all batteries or is it just like the rechargeable batteries? The lithium-ion rechargeable, um, not all rechargeables are lithium-ion, so it is lithium-ion batteries that are the, the issue. Okay. Um, mm. But as the DeWalt battery packs, the packs that are in like your electric scooter, um, anything that's relatively lightweight and high output, that's those are lithium-ion. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a good bit of risk. So how do you see that like changing in the future? Because um, like you said, you guys had um, talked about it here at Earth Day. And then literally, I think within the next two weeks, me and Dan were coming home from an mm-hmm. event. And one of the, um, I don't know if it was you guys or Penn Waste, but Penn Waste. The, yeah, um, but it, the truck was on fire. And that was like an eye opener for me because it's one thing to like hear it, but actually see a truck on fire. Yeah. It's pretty dangerous. Like, how do you think this can be like resolved um, at the end of the day? Because it's hard because a lot of people just yeah. don't care. Like, they could, you could tell them all day, but some people just really don't care. Yeah. Um, I, I think it kind of goes back to even some of the, the challenges we see in recycling. Starting from the producer side to say, hey, we're producing this material and there's a responsibility on us, or the, the producer, to have an outlet at the end. And whether it's education up front, you know, better packaging that has awareness and education of proper disposal, um, but making sure there's outlets and there's ways to recapture what would be hazard, potentially hazardous materials, yeah. um, providing that full circle use from the starting from the producer I think could be a, a great shift. Um, but just just like recycling, we're still trying to find our way through finding good outlets for all the recyclable materials. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. We're not quite there. Yeah, it's definitely hard. You guys can they can bring. Um, I know they brought the bags that you're supposed to put them in. Um, you guys actually you can pull in. I heard it's a really easy process. You can just pull in. You don't even have to get out of your car. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about the household yeah, hazards? Yeah, sure. So when you anybody that wants to come and drop off batteries in those bags or not. Uh, when they pull onto the site on Harrisburg Pike, if they follow the, there's blue signs overhead that say like TVs, electronics, oils, It guides paint. you there, kind of. Yep. Yeah. Follow that uh, line around to the right. Uh, there's a big, sometimes there's a blue garage door, but mm-hmm. usually it's open. Mm-hmm. And you just drive right into that garage door and the, the staff inside there will help you out with whatever you brought in. Taking mm-hmm. plenty of paint cans there yeah. for when I paint my house. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a free service. Yeah. So it's awesome. all, all the county residents. Um, we encourage s- people to do that. I was going to say, I think it's even s- it's super simple. I think I even just popped the trunk and they took it right out for <laughs> us and they shut it and then we were out on our way. Yeah. 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 Is, it, is there anything like you can't take at all at, at, like, at like Swam or is it most, most of the stuff... At, kind of a, fair game. at HHW, we can't take anything from a business. It has to okay. be from a resident, mm-hmm. from home, home residential use. Okay. Um, but I don't know too much about the permit. Mm. Yeah. Over that. That's a good question. Um, almost everything will take. Now, certain things have to be prearranged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Certain volumes or specialty or hazardous uh, waste. We, we, we would work with um, our residual waste manager, um, mm-hmm. and he can then provide the right guidance. Because we might say, we could bring it to one location, but not another. So redirecting yeah. the waste to the proper location so we're not double handling it. Um, or we might just say, hey, this is something that requires certain specialty handling, and we would direct that person to a better outlet. Um, so there, there, we have staff in place to help guide some of those uh, high volumes. You know, if you show up maybe with a tractor trailer load of tires mm. there might be a better way to divert that waste to right to the the off taker versus going and being handling through us yeah. as additional costs 
I always like the, um, we talked about in the last one, the process of, like, how you guys kind of, like, divvy out, like, the metal that you guys get. Um, I always thought that was cool because, obviously, here we take, we take metal. Um, has that, have you guys, like, always done that? Or how's that kind of been, like, a, like, uh, a big advancement for you guys or improvement? As far as I know, that's always been uh, something that we've set aside. I think we've just gotten a, more efficient with it um, and m just be able now where we know how how to better do it um, mm -hmm. over the many, many years. But uh, as far as I know, it's, it's something that we've always tried to pull aside. It's always good. Yeah. And our operators, they're incredibly talented, just like your guys are. Yeah. Being able to pick through, sieve through the, the, the C&D that comes in. But even in a, at the Waste of Energy, whatever gets through that process on the back end of both of our plants, there is additional separation for metals, not ferrous and non ferrous. So we, we, again, try to extract as much value being good stewards of what we have coming in the front door. For sure. And I know... I. I think I heard Dan talk about like, um, the, like the Purdue. You have a Purdue. Yeah. I think it's, a chi it's like chicken or soybean meal. Soybeans. Okay, and and that is like mainly all runoff like steam, steam. That's correct. Like, yeah. It's, so it kind of is like a full circle really thing. Yeah. yeah it's Do a you guys? Yeah, yeah. If you want to talk about like that facility. Sure. Yeah. So waste energy. Um, one of the main perks for uh, Purdue coming in next door was. The ability for us to feed them steam to run all of their processing on clean energy versus having to use a fuel oil. Uh, huh. So they have the ability to say, hey, we're using renewable energy, steam, that's produced from waste yeah. uh, to process their soybean meal. And for us, it's another revenue source because we, can, we had excess steam. We could feed it to them and, and gain another revenue source, which actually adds a bit of stability. So at energy markets, you know, electric markets go up and down. We have arrangements in place with the steam. So it's, yeah. a, again, just another way to maximize the value from our waste. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's also something our, our business development folks, we're constantly looking into is we have these resources. How can we partner or tie in other opportunities, public or private, to utilize the energy that we're creating from waste? Yeah. Do you think, like... One day, like, it will be, like, 100%, like, the energy could be, like, from like, renewable energy, like, steam, huh. or, like, do you, is there, like, a while to go before we get, like, to that? Yes. That uh, I, I would say it's a while to go, mm -hmm. but it's definitely doable. You think it um, could happen? In, okay. in Europe, uh, waste energy is very prevalent. Mm -hmm. They don't have a lot of land. And over there, they've also taken an approach of taxing the, the disposal and landfill. So there's a financial incentive over there to utilize renewable sources like waste energy. Here in the States, we still have a ton of land out west that's very, very cheap. Um, so the financial, the economics of it doesn't quite match up. Yeah. But with more and more uh, focus on doing sustainable projects and producing sustainable renewable energy, I could see there be a resurgence of momentum. Um, the more we talk about it, the more we share the benefits of what it is. Um, I think what, talking with our operators, we are the only municipal authority in the states that has two waste energy facilities. Wow. The one in Lancaster and the one in Harrisburg. And, and so I think it's, it's just continuing to say, to tell the message, to, to share what the good is that we're mm. creating so people understand it. Um, yeah, and I, I just think there's a lot of opportunity that we haven't touched yet. Yeah. Sure. I know 
I'm pretty sure Lancaster County is pretty like advanced, like with with re- recycling and all that compared to like other counties, right? Mm-hmm. It's like fifty one percent overall. We have a very high recycling rate. Okay. Ooh. It's like twenty percent over the the national rate or whatever they yeah. said last time. Yeah, I think for sure it's continuing to spread that that message is, is really what's really going to help help keep continue it to grow. And stuff, yeah, for sure. For sure. So how's your guys' is like to switch over to like kind of personal? Like how's your guys like work life balance? Like do you guys have like husband, wives at home, um, kids? So I uh, I just have a dog and my husband at home. Um, what kind of dog? Uh, she's an English Shepherd. Cool. We do not have a farm, so I like to say that she's a she's a working farm dog stuck in suburbia. <laughs> we have to be really intentional about using her her mental energy and her physical energy every day or she will yeah. drive us crazy. Oh, she's um, hyper? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. wow. She's two and a half. So it's I, I have she's come really to hyper. Yeah, I have come to work with like some crazy stories. Like <laughs> I know I'm in a bad mood. It was the dog. Like just don't ask. <laughs> um, but uh, so my husband is a school teacher. He teaches cool. physics at Mannheim Township. Uh, so he is that's his schedule. He that's what he does um, and then uh, also some things at our church uh, and for me I love to work like I mm-hmm. live to work mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily always for Luxwama. Mm-hmm. I make sure that I spend my days doing all things Luxwama, uh, but I also am on the board for uh, Central Market uh, nice. and love it I mean who doesn't love Central Market for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also on the board for the Central Pen Business Group on Health, which sounds like technical and and kind of boring, but it's really great for uh, employers and healthcare uh, and benefits that they offer. Then I'm also involved in things at my church. I am volunteering there several times or several times a week, and involved in the Lancaster HR Society. So I keep myself pretty busy. Yeah, definitely keep yourself busy for sure. It's good though. Yeah, yeah. So I just make sure that I share my schedule with my husband. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, he knows when I'm going to be home and when I'm not. So is this summer for him go. right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I came home one day and awesome he had like, <laughs> he took apart our laundry room and decided he was going to paint it random, which he's good at. I, I, <laughs> he's really handy. He does some really fantastic work, but I didn't know he was doing it. So that was a surprise <laughs> when I got in the door. But yeah. Wow. So you really like being productive like most of the most of the days that's that's awesome yeah i have actually really been trying to work on action on not defining how good my day was by the level of productivity yeah Mm -hmm. i can have a good day and still maybe have only maybe not even crossed anything off my to-do list but i'm as my career has been advancing over the last 15 so years mm-hmm. learning how to be like it's okay to just have had a few hours to think about a project and how to implement it and things like that mm-hmm. and not actually cross it off my list I have to agree yeah. with that because there's some days where you get like, like you said nothing crossed off but then you leave mentally and you're like happy about it but then yeah. there's some days where you get everything done and you're just drained and completely out of it by the time you get home and you're like exactly. that was not a good day yeah mm-hmm. yeah but I do have another question sure. is, the, is the bulldog still wandering the halls he is not no wait, wait is there a, a bulldog there was a bulldog there was yes oh, at, at, loving Winston oh no um, yes yes was our our unofficial mascot yes he was a mascot was yeah wow. yeah um he had some not good health I think yeah uh, yeah 
Maybe, maybe all the milk bones from our truck drivers. Everywhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he was like Alex Swamo. Oh walking yeah. Around and stuff. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. I never saw him before. You could bring your dog in now. Yeah. <laughs> she. I did once. I did. Uh, uh, just because I needed to take. I had an early morning appointment or meeting with a, a employee, and then I needed to take her to a vet appointment. And the guys were like, bring her in, bring her in. She was terrified. She, they oh, tried no. to give her a milk bone. She didn't want it. I was like, ooh, this is not, this yeah. is not her. Wow. That's funny. Yeah. How's your, um, like, work-life balance? Yeah. Uh, I like to say there's no balance. Um, I hear that a lot. And, <laughs> yes, and actually, I, I prefer to look at it as just finding ways of fulfillment and, and enjoyment. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't clock, you know, like, oh, here's 8 to 5, I block that time for Prolexwama. My day is very fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because it's coming out and doing these things. To me, this isn't work. This is part of just enjoying uh, being a contributor to society. Um, but, uh, yes, I do put a lot of, lot of work in, mm-hmm. um, whether it's Luxwama, whether it's outside engagements. Uh, but I have a family that is that is very supportive of it, and um, at the same time, though they're part of the whole equation as well, so they're mixed in. If, if I go to an event, a lot of times my wife will join me, um, and That's same awesome. thing with her with her work. She's a she's uh, runs the Cancer Institute at Hershey Penn or Penn State Hershey Medical Center, uh-huh. uh, nurse by by official trade. Uh, so her schedule's crazy as well, and so it's just coming and going, making life part of what we do. We both enjoy the careers that we have, and so it's just interwoven as who we are as a family. Uh, we yeah. have strong support systems. Uh, I have a uh, nine-year-old daughter, uh, five-year-old son, and both our yeah. families are real close. I can see my parents' house from, from our house, and my in-laws are just down the street as well. So it's having that strong network, and again, that's that's why it's not feeling like, oh, I gotta find a balance, I, you know, I gotta, make sure I'm home at this time. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's an early day, or sometimes it's a remote day. Other times it's a long evening cranking cranking stuff out, but it's a give and take. It's fine. Yeah, everyone's balance is different. Yeah. I've, heard. I, I've recently heard, um, and I'm trying to use work-life integration instead of work-life balance. At first I thought it was like a, some weird HR cliche thing, uh, but the more I think about it, I think it makes more sense. You're just integrating work and life together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That way, that probably helps just overall, like, your mental, like, yeah. every day, just not thinking about it as, like, one or the other, just kind of an all, like, a fluid thing. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. I think sure. if you, you talk about finding a balance, mm-hmm. then when you don't have it, you have this mental fatigue of, yeah, oh, I didn't, you know, I'm struggling at this. Well, no, you're not struggling at anything. It's mm-hmm. just integrating all components of what you do into your life. There's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be just like you guys. Sometimes you got to come in early and knock stuff out because yeah. you have other commitments you want to want yeah. to attend to. Perfect. That's great. And it's just that ebb and flow. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Do you guys like see your, like do you like setting goals for yourself like like five to ten years from now? Like where you want to see yourself, or do you like just kind of staying in like the present and hmm. trying to focusing on like the stuff you have like currently going on? I. edit that out yeah that's the yard (laughs) i am terrible at setting actual goals for myself something i'm working on with my coach uh just because it's easier to to, it is a good idea to have goals but i am terrible at 
actually making written down goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I also joke that I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Mm-hmm. Same. Like, <laughs> life is, it's, life has curveballs. I don't For know, sure. but I love what I'm doing in the moment, and that is all that matters to me. That's great. So that's really cool. And I think for, for myself, I've gone away from very rigid goals mm-hmm. to more broader sense type of goals, like being financially self-sufficient. There's many ways to do that, whether it's paying off the house early or picking up a side hustle or investing in property. Whatever the case mm-hmm. is, there's different ways to do it. So I've, I've expanded kind of the goal sets in a way that doesn't pigeonhole me down one path. It also keeps my mind open to new things because we all have to pivot in some points. So uh, goal, goal today might not look feasible tomorrow because mm-hmm. a new opportunity came up. Yep. Oh, all right, let's yeah. pursue that. Yep, that's and true. Do you, do you have any like like side hustles or anything you're doing right now or any like other businesses you have or is <laughs> it just mainly focusing on your job right now? So again, work-life balance, it, it's, it all plays together. Mm-hmm. Um, I've personally been diving into real estate. Cool. Um, nice passive income opportunity, but yeah. really the mission behind the real estate, I live up in Lebanon County mm-hmm. and the, the properties that I've purchased, uh, my goal is to create clean, safe, uh, aesthetically pleasing homes for people. For sure. um, so it's not just get the home, crank it out, fill it, whatever. It's one um, of my feeling my purpose in the community that I lived in is taking it from blight, fixing it up, creating a, a good housing environment that's safe. Uh, it brightens up the downtown, you know, putting mm-hmm. some nice color yeah. on it. Um, so trying to do good even in that area, but. It's also just a nice way to build passive income. For sure. Well, I have one more question. We're all pretty young, um, 20, 21, 27. Um, if you could kind of go back in time and just, like, if you could have someone give you advice when you were our age, um, what would that advice be or, like, look like? It's a tough one. It, whatever you're doing, do it for you and not for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever like that, that means to you, like, it live your life for yourself yeah because at the end of the day like you're you're the yeah. only one you really yeah. have yeah i mean i guess if you have kids or whatnot you kind of have to also live mm-hmm. your life for your mm-hmm. kids it but it probably changes your mm-hmm. mindset a little bit about yeah. stuff yeah but, but yeah. really what you're striving for and what you're what you're working towards uh do that for yourself and not for like not for anyone else's expectation of you awesome yeah awesome. i like that a lot for sure i would say for me it would be Get out of the comfort zones. You know, if it's something that's scary, mm-hmm. go forward into it. Mm-hmm. So whether that's, you know, building networks early. I can't tell you the immense value of networking, but just build networks. Get out there, do a public speaking engagement. Try something new that you you thought you never would want to do or fear yeah. doing, uh, because it'll stretch you. Uh, and yeah. for me, it took a lot of years to start figuring out uh, the need to be stretched. So mm. now I found it very enjoyable. Yeah. I, I feel like that's something I struggle with. Just, I don't know, thinking like about what other people are going to think about it or maybe I'm not like not good enough to do whatever certain thing is. So, yeah, I think, yeah, just breaking past that and continuing to try to learn and grow from it. That, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I had one more question, too. Um, unless, Mason, do you have anything else? Um, just for... Like Swama, what, 
uh, we're talking about goals, but what what would you like to see Lixwam become in the in the years like in the years to come? Would like any more like initi- initiatives or anything that you want to keep expanding on, or maybe new ones? Or yeah, do you question. think uh, do you think you kind of want to stay like just how you guys kind of are right now? It's a it's a fantastic question, and we've done the folks of the past and the, the teams that we have today have created something really mm-hmm. special. Yeah. Um, so one thing I always tout or like to share is how do we continue to make a bigger impact with what we've already created? So you, you got this nugget of awesomeness. Yeah. How do you continue to expand the impact for good? So I think, again, that could be looked at many different ways. Is it growth in geography? Is it growth in uh, certain investments into certain areas? Mm-hmm. Don't know what that looks like, but just we've got something going. How do we take that momentum, uh, accelerate it, and make it a bigger impact? So, sure, that's awesome. All right, awesome. Well, thank cool. you guys for yeah, coming yeah. on. Thank you guys for awesome. joining awesome. us Great. in the dumpster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hope you hope you enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you guys on the have next. Have to one. do some more stuff in the future Absolutely. with Swama oh, yeah. and. Uh, uh, yeah, just very appreciative of you guys. Thank, Thank you. you a Thanks, lot. Thanks, guys. Thanks, yep. Thanks for, for watching us, guys. Have a good one.